Hello, and welcome to the First Issue Club. We are your weekly comic book reading podcast, and you know we love those first issues, just like Sue Storm. We all love us a good read. It's a special episode today. Why, you ask? It's Leap Day. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Here's my issue with you, America. I'm addressing the nation. This is the first... First issue club address to the nation. What, as I hold up my drink close to my head, as you do, when I you feel make it, yeah. This you address is the thing: the, the more drunk you get, the higher your drink should be. And I feel like really drunk people are like this when they're talking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a little prop comedy for the for the YouTubers. For the YouTubers. Why aren't we getting just wrecked on leap day it comes around once every four years yeah it's an extra day it's a free one it's yeah we've got way dumber excuses for partying yeah right this one seems like a big one that should be like a day to go out and like if ever there was an excuse to have the purge yeah, today this be it the day. Today's like the today's the day that doesn't count. It's extra like yeah. go fucking wild today. Taxes don't count. <laughs> Marital contracts uh, null and void. Honestly, so in the states we do this like tax-free weekend mm-hmm. thing. They should move tax-free weekend to leap day. Yeah. And just have like Black Friday chaos, like this. I think that would be so much fun. We can we can in- we just start with like getting the day off work and go from there? Yes. <laughs> even even so, I'm at work today and nobody's like, gotcha. Nobody's like, hey, it's leap day. That's fun, right? And the whole day, I'm like, I kind of wake up and I'm kind of excited. I'm like, ooh, February 29th, Lati da. Look at us, <laughs> opposite day. <laughs> I was all, you have your outfit planned? I know. It felt kind of like special. And then I was like, nobody cares. It's leap day. The people born on leap day care because their day only comes around once. And is that before? a great idea for a comic book? That guy what? is born on leap day. Oh, Happens to a lot of people. Yeah, it's probably not a fun comic book. Oh, all okay. it means is that when you turn 16, you're actually four. You're four years old. <laughs> Can't drive. That's right. They legally can't drive. If you were born on leap day, which day would you celebrate your birthday? February 28th or March 1st? June 15th. You're just going to skip it so it seems like to a, a fun, half year It just thing. seems like a fun time to have a birthday. <laughs> July Andy? 4th. I would want March 1st. March 1st, okay. Because February 28th happens in the time continuum of a leap year. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's the next day that's your birthday. Yeah. It should be, in my opinion, March 1st. It only makes sense. Yeah. Logical. Right. Yeah. So two you out of three go, of us have logic. You don't go backwards. I, well, I didn't get my answer. You, you said, said June 15th. Is not is that not f- uh, forward in time from February? <laughs> logic dictates that I'm correct. I'm Greg. I'm, I'm Vargas. And I'm I'm Mike. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You're doing us a solid. Yeah. <laughs> true. You're, you're really doing us a solid. Yeah, that's very true. Hopefully we're, we're trudging up the hill the rest of this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about a handful of first issues per usual. Vargas has done the heavy lifting for us and has read the majority of comic books this week. Mm-hmm. Such is the essence of First Issue Club. We're going to dive into each of those and talk about which ones are a good onboarding experience, which ones were fun, and which ones maybe you can skip. You know, we try to be positive. We don't normally do the skip thing, but I was trying to give a spectrum. Unless it's really, really rotten. We haven't done a skip in a while. Yeah. yeah there, every once in a while we read a comic book that offends our sensibilities, and that's like really the only time yeah. we'll... We stay pretty positive here, but yeah. there's sometimes we just have to <laughs> point out egregious behavior in the community. We've also had times, I feel like, where we've had fun with something, and a creator will listen to the episode yes. and be like, you guys didn't like my comic. And we we normally do, and it's just the way the conversation comes out. It's like we got a kick out of something, yeah, and then laugh a bunch about that, and yeah, we yeah. we usually improv off the funniness of like a situation we think of from the comic, yeah, and creators get confused, but except for today, we're shitting on all, yeah, of them. every book we read was <laughs> crap. All right, before we do comics, we're gonna do a little comic book news. 
we've also got a Patreon, and we normally share fun things we got throughout the week on the Patreon. Yeah, like a show and tell. Didn't do that this week, so I wanted to do my show and tell on the main episode because I got a whammy. I guess not a whammy. What's the opposite of a whammy? Whammy's bad, right? You got no, whammy. Uh, yeah. Whammies were bad. Whammies are bad. It's from an old game show, folks. So. I got a big money, big money, big money. Yeah. yeah. Not a whammy. Yeah. And I want to shout out Rabbit Comics. Rabbit like the animals? Yes. Okay. What did it sound like I said? Rabid. Oh, rabid. I've got a little bit of a cold, so some of my D's are coming out like D's. Your Mike D. Mike D. D. Okay. What I did was I bought a retailer exclusive variant, mm-hmm. and I chose their CGC slab upgrade option, Whoa. which is something that a lot of... Do you not know what I'm going to share? I didn't know that that was an option from retailers. Yeah. yeah, so every once in a while, retailers will be like, hey, we'll slab the book for you. You pay us a little bit more for like handling the facilitating of it. Sure, okay. And especially when it's a retailer-exclusive comic, it's like, we'll just bypass opening these comics and ship them right to CGC, and we'll get a lot of 9.8s back, and we can just charge you a little bit of a premium to ensure you get a 9.8. Mm-hmm. So I'd gotten a discount code from them. And I was like, what's just something fun I can buy? Oh, an X-Men comic that there's only 500 copies of. That's a great thing. Does the discount code work on the CGC like add-on thing? But it was discounted. So I just submitted one to see what happened. (laughs) And instead of a (laughs) 9.8, I got a 9.9. Wild. (laughs) I love that they won't give you the (laughs) 0.1 to make it a 10. (laughs) So this is the second 9.9 I've ever got I've ever gotten back from CGC and I've sent like 100 books to CGC over my life. Yeah. And uh wild to get a floppy comic in a 9.9. The ones that I do have are magazines mm-hmm. that, you know, are more square bound, have heavy cardstock covers and are easier to get in a 9.9. Floppy comics a lot more difficult. 9.7 at best. I think <laughs> 9. Point, not even a grade. Yeah. Um, and I, I was honestly surprised that Rabbit Comics sent this to me, that they weren't like, actually send in another copy to get graded so we can send this guy a 9.8 and let's sell the 9.9 on our eBay store Mm -hmm. or on our website for like $300 or whatever, because it's a 9.9 and and a one of 500 comic book for a pretty big title. It's an X-Men comic. So really wild to to get that i thought it was really cool that they were like yeah send it this guy's way have you seen any other grades on the census the cgc census no i haven't looked up the census i'd be interested to see how well the others did because and this sometimes it can take a a minute for the census to update too i've found because i've had books graded that didn't end up on there by the time they got back to me Mm -hmm. and this book just came out so may take check back in like five years (laughs) (laughs) it should be updated we'll provide an update and then I got, if you don't mind indulging me a little further. Please, yes. No. First appearance of Black Tom Cassidy. Nice. In X-Men number 99. This is only like my third double digits X-Men comic. But this one I scored for... <laughs> is it a ratty 8.0? <laughs> it's an 8.0, which is pretty good. Yeah. I think for... And the really cool cover. Yeah. Early Claremont stuff. Um, That's an 8. And my preacher is a seven. I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> I know it is funny the stuff that you know makes a certain grade and doesn't. But I thought this one was particularly interesting on the deal I got because this one sold for like I said fifty dollars under what cover price listed as fair market value, and then a day later another one sold for forty dollars under what was listed for fair market value, and the next day I checked cover price the value for an 8.0 had dropped yeah. drastically. And the weird thing is, is the 7.5 worth more than the 8.0 yeah. and the 9 worth, you know, way more than an 8 or an 8.5. So it's it's funny how that, like, I think the adjustments on value and what's fair in the market is a little more fickle than maybe cover price would like you to realize to believe mm-hmm. because it is so based on like 
individual sales with like comics like X-Men, you would think enough sell on a regular basis that you can have like a really good idea of what a fair market value is for this. But when just two sales like rock the price of something, Mm -hmm. it, you know, makes you think like, yeah, maybe these are a little more fickle or in the moment. They Um, definitely are. And and, and I think it's a reminder, too, to say, like, if there's a book you're looking for, like a classic, and I'm like, I'm going to spend a couple hundred dollars on this book that I've always wanted. And so you're going down to like a 6.0 or something. That cover price might tell you a 6.0 last sold for $300, but then... But eBay will. But then a (laughs) a 7, you know, sold for $100 less, Mm. right? And so everyone's got their sixes listed for the highest price a six sells for. You know, don't just check the last sales of one specific grade. Check around the general condition of the thing you're looking for because you just can't base an end-all, be-all value on a collection of pages that's like 50 years old on just the last couple sales, which it seems like a lot of times these aggregate value sites do because not enough of them sell on a regular basis to keep like an actual fair price there are times when it really works especially for like hot buzzworthy comics that are being sold like crazy and i love cover price and i'll never you know i i get a lot of value i think paying i will never besmirch them paying for that service but at the same time i i think that there are aberrations in the way it works uh, I know you and I buy different Books. ages of comics. You're you're looking for older stuff, but in the newer market, I would say your best bet is to go based on what a nine eight sells for, because with newer books, though, though it's going to be the the bulk of what graded books are going to sell for. Yeah, and then the lower grades are there's just going to be less sales. So, yep. like when I bought my Marco Rudy variant of Moon Knight one. I bought it for like $30 cheaper than what cover price said it would be. And the next time cover price updated, it had dropped to what my purchase was. Yeah. Because right. there was only one of those in a nine, six or whatever yeah. that sold. Right. Like, and the previous sale was probably that book to the other guy, yeah. you know, like you tanked it, you tanked the market. I did. Yeah. But right. That's gotta feel powerful. Think about all these people. <laughs> I, I think about this all the time about books that I've got set aside in top loaders that I'm like, oh, yeah. cover price says this is one of my most valuable books, but it might just be that no one's sold one sold one in a long time. I have an Usagi Yojimbo book that said it was worth like eight hundred dollars or something, and I was like, what? I couldn't find another one on eBay. Yeah, sell one. So see what happens. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck but up the market. Is there is there a market for this? Like, why did one person pay eight hundred dollars for it in 2018? Stupidity. Well, did they pay eight hundred dollars for like a signed raw copy or something? You know, like. Yeah, did they pay $800 for a a set of compendiums or like a full run? Commissioned piece from Stan Sakai? And the title of the post fell into their scoring algorithm? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, for the longest time, um, what was that Joelle Jones, 50s housewife, Lady Killer? Lady Killer, Killer, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that still says it's like a five hundred dollar book. Yeah, it says not. it's a, it says it's a five hundred dollar <laughs> book, and the last sale is a set of CGC nine eight slabs for like the entire series. Yeah, not the actual value of of the comic, and you wouldn't know that without um, doing some like eBay scrounging because yeah. the raw copies sell for like ten dollars. Yeah, they're not anywhere near what it says for. So <laughs> anyway, but. Yeah. Who you know you you feel bad for people who are like, yeah that book is rising in value like crazy. This app says it's worth two hundred dollars. Someone's selling it for one hundred. Like dang, I got a great deal. And then a week later, you see like, oh shit, one sold for ten bucks. What the fuck well, did I do? Never forget that comic books are art, and art is always only worth what the market dictates it's worth. Sure. Right, like <laughs> good to be level headed about that. Yeah, I mean, they all say three ninety nine on the cover, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. that's what they're worth. So take all of it with a grain of salt. Don't pay more than you're comfortable paying. 
<laughs> for any book. It's easy to get caught up in the moment with this stuff. You yeah. see it a little more with like card collecting and the buzz and hype of like new yeah. decks coming out and FOMO kicks in real hard. Yeah, yeah. right. Yep. All right, let's let's talk comic book news. Thank you for entertaining that. Uh... No, you're welcome. Uh, unfortunately, Emerald City Comic Con is just starting while we're doing the show, so uh, the only breaking news we have from that is that it's Superman's birthday. Uh, James Gunn said that the movie is filming. They dropped Legacy from the title oh, of they did. Superman Legacy, so it's just Superman. Uh, that's all we got. Good. As far as, you know, earth-rattling news. And Vincent D'Onofrio is not going to be at Planet, Planet Comic Con, which that only affects people <laughs> that are going to Kansas City Planet Comic Con. What do you got, Mike D? I have that Marvel Must-Haves is coming out next week. Have you heard about this book? They're, so they're doing free comics on a semi-regular basis now mm-hmm. called Marvel Must-Haves, and it's like a big 80-page comic that collects like three key issues. Whoa. Whoa. And the first first one is next week, and it's got the cover of Spider-Man Deadpool, uh-huh. that team-up that happened maybe like eight or so oh, years ago. Oh, the, the Joe Kelly one? D- yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And then there's two other, you know, key issues. Huh. grouped in there so i thought that was that was cool something to look out for so the books are free i bet they go quick yeah they're so, free and they're just mad they're, they got to be like the size of a previews right so the speckers will be there right when the door opens to take all of them and sell them online well yeah you wonder if there's going to be like a market for yes. for them or if they're just maybe printing so many of them that Hopefully that's the yeah. case. This is where eBay sellers will be like rare, limited release, free comic, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then I think you find like there are some comic shops that are like, I'll just put the stack out on the shelf. And then there's other ones who covet them. will tuck them away and only yeah. give them to certain people and maybe make them a little harder to get until we figure out if they're worthless or, or you know, have some value to some people. But I think the idea is to build hype surrounding just general Marvel Universe stuff that's going on. Yeah. Uh, specifically, it sounds like these first three stories that they picked are related to things that have shown up in the MCU. So with this Deadpool Spider-Man crossover thing, it's like we we just had a couple Marvel movies come out that were like Spider-Man adjacent. Mm-hmm. Deadpool yeah. is going to come out soon. You know, maybe we get some tease to Spider-Man in the Deadpool movie. I did see in the back of the most recent Marvel previews, they're re-releasing a bunch of Deadpool stuff, obviously for the new movie. And they branded the Deadpool core, uh, Omni as Deadpool verse. Oh, so spoof on spider verse. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's interesting that they would do that. Yep. Everyone's going to get their own multiverse comic finally oh god damn it i can't wait <laughs> for the snoopy verse the funny thing is it's already been spoofed several times yeah. right like harley quinniverse thing which yeah. i thought was very funny was yeah. a send-up on on spider old lady harley an old lady harley was great yeah so um okay that's I, I, cool i don't know but yeah rad that marvel's doing that the free comic is, is yeah cool like pick up a coffee if you can and uh i love that it's just like massive yeah Hopefully that gets to the right people, which is new readers. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, know? new readers, kid, like, like maybe kids. I don't yeah. know if like how mature that Deadpool Spider-Man comic was because it's been like almost a decade since I read it. But yeah, um, I don't need some stinky white dude getting in there and taking ten of these things and trying to resell them. <laughs> it's gonna happen. But, it always happens. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, anyway, if you see that at your local shop, speak up. Be like, hey, those are for kids, man. <laughs> those aren't for you. Not yeah. all of them. You can have one. Stinky. Yeah, they're for. I want one, right? But you're not stinky. They're for me, but I'm not like I'm not hoarding a pile of them. Yeah. How many of these can I take? <laughs> you <laughs> zero. <laughs> yeah. If you ask that question, yeah. you don't get it's one. It's immediate zero. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I saw this uh, article headline, and forgive me if you know this, and it turns out to be clickbait or something. Okay. But. At least sounds newsworthy. <laughs> this is the, the setup here. Alan Moore publishing his last comic this year. <gasps> Have you guys heard that? Mm, I saw the headline, but I didn't yeah, click on it. Yeah, I think he's the idea is that he's had this collaboration comic with several other mm-hmm. um, creators that he's rolled with over the like his, the course of his it's career. It's called the Alan Moore-verse. <laughs> it's, 
It's called The Moon and Serpent Bumper Book of Magic. Oh, I thought it was going to be Watchmen Babies. Watchmen, Watchmen babies. babies. Who watches them at nap time? <laughs> Love a good Simpsons reference. Yeah, Thank you, like you Vargas. <laughs> so is he... What do you, do we know if it's a because here's where my, my concern is the same thing happened when everyone was just like Bill Watterson's coming back with a new book mm-hmm. and everyone immediately was just like woohoo new Calvin and Hobbes and it turns out he was just illustrating someone else's series and it was not great my thing is just like what involvement does because Alan Moore has been pretty vocal about Telling comic books to fuck off. Look, Alan Moore has written a lot of comic books. I made Mike so upset he got up and left. His most recent comic books are not good. Sure. He, he does not write good comic books anymore. Right. Okay. That Yeah. He should that's stop why, writing them. That's why Frank Miller shouldn't be doing covers anymore. Correct. He should not. It's a good thing that he is retiring while he can oh. still has his mental faculties. <laughs> okay. But this this <laughs> magic book of magic and spheres or whatever it's called. Just wait till Grant Morrison gets that way. You're going to be devastated. I'm going to be like, retire, Grant. Please. Please transform into the ball of energy that you're supposed to. Ascend. Uh, it sounds like it's a collection of weird little collaborative Things. It sounds like a kid book. Some of it is like prose. Some of it is Tons. side stories. Some of it are like, you know, poems and think pieces. I think it's probably going to be massive because apparently they've been kicking this around for like decades. Oh, so this is like a traveling pants at the Yaya Sisterhood. Type I, thi- of I think it's probably going to be a lot of just like we were both at like a con or something together yeah. and like. 1999 and this person illustrated this like really cool one-off page for me and then i wrote like a a story story to it that's on the complimentary page and then there's going to be some other like little collaborative comic pieces i don't know that for sure but looking at some of the sample pages and some of the description of it being like kind of a mixed media prose slash comics slash poetry sort of a thing it just strikes me as something that'll be like uh, an interesting coffee table book. Sure. For Alan Moorheads. That's just like, yeah, here's like 20 years of like thoughts and ideas and stuff like that. It'd be, uh, I'm interested, I'm interested to see who is on the collaboration list. Yeah. I think it'll be cool. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, I won't know. go that you, far, but you I'm, guys I'm can interested. buy it for the seventy five dollars that it will end up costing. Seventy five bucks on a good day—that <laughs> book's gonna be so yeah, expensive. I'll probably be pretty expensive. Um, okay, next I saw Josh Gad was writing a comic book. Do you yeah, know who saw, Josh Gad is? He's a comedian, uh, comedian singer. Is he he's a comedian? A, yeah, he was in. He was in Cats, right? Book of Mormon. He was in Cats, Book of Mormon. He was Was he in Cats too? I don't know. Yeah, he played the titular cat. (laughs) Did he? Greg just went with it like it was fact. Well, no, I I think he was in Cats because Cats is a musical. Yeah. And like Josh Gad's very good at singing, but he's Olaf from Frozen. He is uh Sure. He was in like the Frozen. He's in the HBO series where they're like on a cruise ship that's in space. Is the cats thing real? I don't know. (laughs) It's either him or James. Corvin. Oh, it's James. It's the. Oh, was in the movie. Yeah. The movie, yes. Not the yeah. Taylor Swift. Not the cast. real Broadway show. Yeah, not the. Oh, real okay. Broadway no, sorry, show. sorry, sorry. Nope. There was some crossed <laughs> wires there. <laughs> Release the butthole cut, though. <laughs> Finally. Do we need uh, to explain that, or does everyone listening to First Issue Club? I don't. I want to leave it a mystery. Yeah, I want so, to leave it a mystery. So Google the butthole cut, I guess, and to try to explain that search history to, to your loved ones. to the FBI. Okay, <laughs> look, it was a real thing. Okay, so Josh Gad is entering the comic book uh, sphere. Yes, yes. The character in the comic looks just like him. I was worried. Write what you know. <laughs> it's. This seems to be the new celebrity comic book thing uh-huh. is write yourself a pilot. Yeah. Pair yourself with a well-respected comic book writer and then get this published on an independent publisher that lets you keep 
some, if not all, of the rights to this. Mm -hmm. So we just had Andy Samberg do this with Rick Remender for Holy Roller. Yeah. Which was a fun comic book. Yes. And, you know, I've read the first two or three issues of it and really enjoyed it. It's so this, great. this is something that I think, like, isn't necessarily. Yeah. Also, the guitar is from Fall Out Boys. Yeah. A, a writer, writer on that on book. That. Yeah. Oh, is he really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it's that. It's a weird conglom- yeah. conglomeration of <laughs> artists on that. So I, I do kind of feel like they've found a winning combination of how to handle these celebrity things so they aren't so eye-rolly moving forward. Well, they still get them from me. (laughs) (laughs) I think that Berserker, which was the Keanu Reeves one, Mm -hmm. got a lot of criticism for being like just a tentpole for Keanu Reeves to make some movies, partially because of the way they handled the Kickstarter, which people weren't very happy with. Yeah, yeah. It's such a confusing Kickstarter. It seemed like it was the only way to get and read this thing and support like a Matt Kent book that you Mm -hmm. were going to like be excited about. And then you overpaid for like a trade that ultimately came out in comic book form anyway. Before I got mine in the mail. Before you even got the Kickstarter. Yeah, reward. Fucking cheesed off. There, I think there's a handful of things that happened with Berserker that just soured the whole thing for people. Mm-hmm. When in reality, probably kind of a fun comic book, right? Yeah. Did you not I read mean, it? I I read the first few issues of it and then fell off. The yeah. the trades are it it's not bad. Yeah. It, it'll be an awesome anime. Oh yeah, it's gonna be like, great. The, visually, it'll be stellar. Yeah. Because the 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 action sequences in Berserker. Are crazy. Yeah. Are just yeah. crazy. Uh, but it is, I mean, there's no other way to say this. That is like that is Keanu Reeves in It was written that way. Yeah, yeah. I know, but like yeah. it's just that's why I get so uh kind of crunchy about it. It's just like, yes, that's Keanu Reeves' berserker. Yes, this is Josh Gad is whatever the fuck he's gonna be. It's like it is you like pitching yourself for yeah. either yeah. a future project or something. So Josh Gad, his comic's called The Writer. He His character in the book is the titular writer. Oh, okay. And it sounds like he's writing takes on classic fantasies. Mm-hmm. And somehow, as things often do... oh is he brought into the world? Fantasy and reality collide, my friends. Did he make a wish? Can and you the, imagine? The pen and paper came to life? The cover of the first issue, which is out for pre-order, is like him bursting through a page of something. So mm. it sounds like it's going to be one of those sort of things that yeah. is like... Folklore come to life, and yeah. then the you know writer night at the museum. <laughs> this modern writer trying to do a take on public domain stuff is like thrown into it. Yeah, what's that? Um, there's that Steamboat Willie, <laughs> not Steamboat Willie. There's some show called Wishbone. Like, it's it's like an enchanted sort of thing where they take like old folk tales and yeah, classic Robin Hood type stories and and make them like a CW drama. Oh, are you talking about the Disney mm-hmm. one? I don't think Disney makes it. I think it's kind of dark. Yeah, the, oh, well, it's the live Grimm? action. It, no, it's the live action. Di- it's live. It's a live action TV show. Yeah, Grim. Grim. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Is it? Oh. That's just Brothers Grim. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Stories. Yeah. That's a. That's an older TV show. Yeah. I was it, thinking that went on a... for way too long. Yeah. God damn, how many seasons of Grim were there? I was thinking Once Upon a Time. That's the Disney one. Or the same di- realm. The I don't Disney know characters is. are like in real life. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's already out? Yeah. I think so. It's, it's done. and Like Goofy's all like strung out. And... <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> you look spirit book, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's like Aladdin and stuff are like all in this town. But they're like, <laughs> Any change? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll suck your dick for a score. <laughs> oh, hey, whoa, look... whoa. Let's not go blue. Oh, let's chill treasure too far there's a a point where you can think it and then you say (laughs) it my god oh boy sorry folks yeah we'll have to mark mark this one explicit (laughs) oh unlike the other one would you like to address goofy or are we waiting that for another episode (laughs) (laughs) i wear this dog collar because i'm a sub (laughs) i'm a simp (laughs) 
Okay, we can only riff on that what for else, so long. What else you got, Mike? Uh, okay, the last thing that I have that I thought was cool was whoever got the rights to do the Conan comics now, which is like an, ev- an ever-changing carousel of just like <laughs> random fucking publishers. <laughs> that... It's not Titan. It is Titan. Is it still? I don't think it is. Because it's Sav- Savage Sword just came out this week. <laughs> it's on Sumerian. I think the company that has been hawking the rights to it for the last like yeah. 50 years just found out it's a badger was who like know what he's was doing. like why don't we publish our own comics i think that's what happened oh i thought is it i'm going to look at stuff okay so in any case yeah. they're bringing back roy thomas who why wrote the like original savage sword stories okay and kind of brought conan back into modern pop culture right mm-hmm. like he, i think he's single-handedly responsible or those comics are responsible for us knowing and caring who conan is today it's still titan it's still titan, still okay. titan. okay uh Did sorry for the mislead folks stop talking about uh you know i apologize for the mislead on titan this Frank guy doesn't Miller. apologize for yeah for goofy being a bluto kind of... eating you out <laughs> <laughs> or whatever he said first of all bluto and goofy are two different <laughs> creatures on the spectrum of disney characters uh, so he said that he's got a couple things that never came to fruition on his original Savage what? Sword what? stuff. What does Conan so, have left to do? So he was like, that'll be fun to kind of return to that lore and, and tie up some loose ends or like contribute to something that like yeah. I was instrumental in establishing the canon of early on. I think it's cool. You guys are immediately hating on was it. Was there ever like a Conan 2099? Cool. Yes. A single issue of Conan 2099 came out. Dang it, never mind. Sorry, Roy. That idea's done. Uh, Conan Babies? Conan Babies. Conan Babies. What is... Anytime a publisher brings (laughs) back... Okay, here's 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 my. I need to explain myself. Searching for another bit. Here's here's my mindset. Here's where I've been for the last week. This is rich with uh, possibility. Here's where I've been for the last week. I've never watched the TV series Seinfeld ever. Really? Ever? So this has got to be your biggest like people give you shit for it, and you're like eye roll. I've never you, told anyone. You, I've never told oh, anyone you ha- until now. Until right now. So I started it this week, episode one, season one. So I'm going through Seinfeld. So that's I'm in Seinfeld like that Jerry. So that's where I'm at right now. Don't be discouraged by. The first season, or maybe even like the first half of the second season. I love the first season so far. Okay, I think it's great. If you love the first season, you're gonna think this is the best show ever created. I'm, I'm, I mean, the first season is kind of hard to watch after you realize the genius of the show. The genius of the show. It's really like unbelievable. I the first season has me chuckling pretty good. So. Yeah. Ah, uh, now I want to go, but do a rewatch. I'm only on episode six, so. Are you streaming it on something? Netflix. Netflix has it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, it's such a good show. Catch up. Catch up with me. I'm on six. Yeah. I've watched it through several times, so. Really? How many seasons are there? Um, Seven, I think. Oof. I don't like Seinfeld, so. Really? You don't like Seinfeld? No. Wow. I feel like that's rare, especially for people our age. He's a Simpsons guy. You got to give me a take. I don't, I just don't. You don't have a take? You just don't like it? No. I've watched like three episodes and none of them have ever been funny. Watched oh three wow! Episodes and none of them have been funny. <laughs> oh, can you can you tell us which ones? Like, do they? I I know I've seen the soup Nazi one because that's the one everybody quotes, and I'm like, that was not funny. There is a thing with a uh, lot of pop culture stuff mm-hmm. where the quotability of it gets so popular that it transcends anything it could have ever come from. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. So I could see someone watching that episode and being like, what? That's it? Especially out of context of like the time it, having grown yeah. a love for the characters and the time that it happened is, is especially pertinent, right? Yeah. No Soup for You is like our generation's My Wife. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like, like it's been no, I think so overplayed. My Wife is our generation's version of <laughs> our, My Wife. But I also think there are jokes and sayings in movies that are like common go-tos mm-hmm. but um that that the joke seems very trite now but the first yeah. time it was done 
had, revolutionary. had people rolling. And now when you go back and watch those things, that's completely lost. Like to us, it's always going to seem trite. So that's where I'm at. That's where my journey is in life. Uh, back to comic books. Do we have any more news? Uh, well, I think th- this will lead into regular comic book stuff. Yeah, this is a good place to start. So I picked up this preview from my LCS for a publisher called Magma. And we found out that this is a spinoff, right, from so Heavy Metal Magazine. This was a through a partnership with Heavy Metal Magazine. Okay. But they're their Magma own publisher Comics, now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, but Heavy Metal helped them publish their like first couple series, I think, or okay. something like that. It came out in 2020. Well, okay. So the, it seems that they're striking out on their own. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're swinging pretty big for a relatively unknown publisher. Yeah. Um, the two series that I want to highlight from here, uh, The Principles of Necromancy is the first one. Uh, writers Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. They wrote that big Captain America thing. Yep. Uh, done a lot for Marvel and DC. Yep. Doing Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Guardians. Um, they are a writing team. I always think it's funny when it's like, yeah, they're these a team. guys never split up. Yeah. They, like, I've never seen one of them write something that Why the other break person up the wasn't team? on. Yeah. Um, so it seems to be a medieval action story. If you can kind of see that on the, uh, YouTube YouTube. video, it looks awesome. The art's great. Um, but it's about like the first necromancer. It's about this guy who's trying to defeat death. Hell yeah. Um, in medieval England. Me. Mortality? Dope. And it looks (laughs) living forever. Uh It looks sick as hell. I'm stoked about that. Uh, The other one that I thought looked really cool is called uh, Scale Trade. And it appears to be about uh, someone who is trying to stop dragon poachers. Yeah. Like in a world where dragons are real, Mm. he is trying to defeat them like you would defeat like an elephant poacher. Yeah. I love that. Like, like people, people are trading in like dragon fangs yeah. or something. Yeah. Or scales. And, and he's trying to stop them. Sorry. <laughs> I should have said scales. I mean, it's in the goddamn God, name. Fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> so oh, is the name something with scales? The scale trade. The scale trade. Oh, scale trade. Okay. So, and that's by Steve Orlando, right? Steve. So, ever heard of him? Steve O. <laughs> Steve O. Oh, I'm Steve O. And I'm writing a comic. <laughs> Brown down down. <laughs> Every time you open one of Steve Orlando's comics, brown down down. <laughs> this is me getting cut by a comic book ding, that I wrote. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, wow, we are on one today. I love it. Um, okay, one of the things we haven't covered yet that this reminded me of because that book was a spinoff of Heavy Metal Magazine is Penthouse Comics. Which has that not come out yet, or did that just come I think out? It came, it came out, out last week. Last, came out last week, week, yeah. I'm getting a copy of it in the mail, and I'm just interested. To... Hide it from your mom. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't look, wife. <laughs> <laughs> These are my special comics. Uh... Um, I'm just interested to see like what it is because a lot of the creators on it. Are... Oh, yeah, it's just it's cur- it's a curiosity thing. Fucking I awesome. want to see what the <laughs> format is. Are you not curious? No. <laughs> you know what? I'm surprised I didn't buy one. I'm shocked that that you two are. We've flipped. that Greg didn't have one, and you've got yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I'm usually the horny guy. I am romantic for throwback stuff that, like, again, like the EC Comics thing. Uh-huh. I'm into Oni going back and like taking a turn at doing those. I love that yeah. uh, Tom King and Elsa Chartier are doing Love Everlasting, mm-hmm. which is like a cool throwback to romance comics that we don't see anymore. Yeah. Um, this, to me, is another one of those things that was just like Penthouse used to do comic books that were kind of like alternative, druggy, yeah. wacky stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I now you hear Penthouse and it's synonymous with smut, <laughs> but are the comic books going to be... It's not like Penthouse Comics is like one story all the way through. It's like 15 different mini comics done yeah. by different creatives in an anthology style. And I'm wondering if it's going to be druggy and trippy. Are these all going to be like really sex positive and everything's related to sex? Are some of them going to be sci-fi and it's more of a nod to something like 
heavy metal where it's epic fantasy and maybe it's like starring characters that are babes a like, bare-breasted woman <laughs> i don't know like i honestly don't know i think originally it was just mature comics are here and maybe that's just like the coarse language being used or the mature subject matter yeah and not necessarily that it's very horny but obviously as a gimmick a lot of the covers were like polybagged and kind of risque so i think I, two I'll, of the I'll, covers I'll, were ai i'll cover it oh really yeah oh i hate that yeah I almost wish I wouldn't have bought it now because I try to like really not support that I, stuff. I think it's just two of them, like not all of them, but mm. uh, yeah, that's what I heard. That sucks. Boo. Also, AI. A, a comic I didn't know that uh, the Last Barbarian uh, on Image Comics. Yeah, all their covers are AI. Boo. Yeah, that so blows. weird. Anyway. Uh, so Mike, we'll do a full review on the Patreon of the Penthouse comic when it comes in. Mike will do a review. <laughs> You've from already his kicked me to the Patreon. <laughs> I'll talk about it on the main feed. I don't care what you think. Well, to show the pictures, we're gonna need to put it on the Patreon. Oh, I understand now. It's yeah. I wasn't trying to say there's subpar. Got it. Content. This is premium. It's triple X content, Got so you have it. to go to the paywall. Got it. Yeah. So <laughs> first ma- issue club only fans. So Magma <laughs> Comics is the. Yeah, the publisher that I wanted to, and the FOC highlight. is ending this week. Yeah, they've got here. I'll put it up on the video if you can see all that. They've got release dates for their their first three books. I will de- definitely be covering both of those. They have another one in there, uh, Silicon Bandits, which is like a the, he builds robots to rob banks or yeah. something along those lines. Sick. Also sounds super interesting. But this, this is uh, honestly great tip because these books on these sorts of publishers get allocated to a really weird part of pre-orders because they're smaller publishers and get ordered low. And when you've got like Jackson Lansing and Colin, sorry. Yeah. Jackson Lansing and Colin Colin Kelly. Kelly, I got the names right. Writing an indie book. Steve Orlando. And Steve Orlando. If they were writing these on any other publisher. Yeah. Like image, it would be ordered out the ass. Yeah. Yeah. And these books are going to be severely underordered for the talent that's attached to them. So yeah. these are these are must pre-orders, I think, if you're like, even if you're a specky or you just want to make sure you get your hands on them, I'd pre-order them. Yeah, I think, gonna, so I think they'll sell out. Yeah, I think they, they all look super interesting. So Unless you have a comic shop owner locally that is like always gung-ho about like ordering really weird stuff that might not sell, Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty rare. Yep. Let's we'll make sure Doug hooks us up. All right. So books that I read. I know Greg read at least one, right? I read, read the, the new Spider-Punk by Cody Ziegler, and it was good. It, I mean, it was a classic Spider-Punk uh, story where it's just, you know, any kind of Spider-Man Elseworld thing. It is a Spider-Man story slightly off-keel. All the characters are similar yet different, You you know. Uh, if you love spider punk in the world that he came from, you're gonna love this book. I thought it was really great and enjoyable. Uh, so please go check it out. Spider punk. Cody Ziegler getting more and more Spider Man stuff. I, he's written a couple issues of Amazing Spider Man when they've done like the Zeb Wells tie-ins and stuff, but he's getting more and more big titles or titles adjacent to big titles. So I think he's gonna be somebody that we're gonna see writing like. A massive book soon. I because people love his Miles Morales run too. Well, and I, yeah, it was really really good. I, I want to say he is the one of the co-creators of Spider Punk, right? He is the creator of Spider Punk. Yeah, like he wrote that mm-hmm. that issue that right. I think so, showed yeah. up in. Yeah, yeah, I read it. I didn't too. realize that. I love that they just like do the punk spin on every character. It's ev- yeah, and it's, it's so, so great. Much fun. Yeah. And like in this, uh, the lizard and the vulture make an appearance and they're like actually animal turned humanoid creatures and yeah, you're yeah. just like oh, okay it's that kind of yeah. and then instead of captain america it's captain anarchy <laughs> and like uh uh riot riot heart yeah instead it's, of iron heart and daredevil's a drummer uh-huh. she's, she's got drumsticks yeah and it's there's cool. a cool daredevil backup story at the end mm-hmm. too that i thought was neat it's 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 just fun and uh I love just that it can explore, you know, uh, a unique take on on Spider-Man and yeah. like kind of make it its own flavor. Everything is anarchy. One, two, three, four. 
<laughs> so is God the, save Queens. So is it cool to be like a goody two shoes Christian in this universe because <laughs> everyone else is punk? Counterculture yeah. is like <laughs> being straight edge. Being straight edge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's mostly just like the uh, the DIY kids fighting the man. Yeah, and like who okay. is who is the man? It's like it. Target and Doctor Target. <laughs> Moms who make you take a bath or something. <laughs> oh Lord! All right. Um, I read Working Class Wizards on Band of Bards. What? Yeah, explain Band of Bards. Do you know anything about this? I know uh, that publisher? they are an indie publisher. Okay. And they, I have seen that name pop up a lot on X. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh. Love the crack, Kirby crackle on this cover. I know the cover is pretty sick, and I picked it up because it's like a heavy metal dude with an axe that kind of looks like a guitar. Oh shit! No, yeah, it does. Right? Wow. And that's that's like the book too. Uh, it takes place in 1979 Chicago, in a world where <laughs> uh, wizards are real, and our he- hero is a barbarian, but he doesn't know it. And he's the only one that can wield magical instruments and defeat You're a wizard, Harry. the bad guys. Cool. Oh, this is kind of fun. It reads very much like an indie book. You know, it's it's packing. It's a, there's a lot packed in here. I it's packing yeah. a lot of lore and storytelling in what I'm sure is going to be like a six issue miniseries or something. But that's to its downfall that it doesn't get the space that it needs. But you can't get a story told like this, you know, on a Marvel comic. I will say for five bucks, there is a lot packed in here. Yeah. So their website's pretty cool. So you get a lot for your money. So I love that. Uh, idea is cool. Solid. It says they're an independent publisher. Yeah, we got that. Formed in March, 2021 uh-huh. wow. based in Buffalo, New York. We are committed to publishing stories with a focus on representation, inclusion, and diversity. Did you get that from this comic? Uh, it's maybe tough in like a Norse. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's starring like. I mean, I guess there there is one character who they specifically call out as being East Asian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it stars like two white guys. Okay, but I mean, fun book, cool. You know, it's an indie story for sure. Yeah, if you like heavy metal and you like. You know, fantasy stuff. You're probably gonna like this book. I don't know. I this is a, my first Band of Bards book, so I guess we'll see. Hopefully, it stays good. When I first heard it, I thought this is a comic written by one of those like D and D podcasts or something. Oh, it sure. sounds like something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's not that. Okay, <laughs> it's like do I need to listen to eighty episodes of the show to get this book? <laughs> yeah, or uh, fucking cover of the week here. Yeah. What if Venom? So I had to get this. I was actually going to pass on it, uh, but it's What If Venom. Came out on Marvel, and the first issue, it it seems like it's going to be an anthology where Venom infects a different Marvel hero or Mm -hmm. villain each issue. But I had to get it because the cover is uh, John Boy Myers, who knocks it out of the park every time. But it's an homage to Savage She-Hulk number one, where she threatens to tear up all your X-Men issues. Yep. Uh, but in this one, she's venomized and threatening to tear up all your venom issues if you don't read her comic book. So, um, Great cover. It's a fun story. It's a uh, Jen story where she has insomnia. She saves uh, Eddie Brock from becoming venom, gets infected, doesn't know it. And she has insomnia where she's you know on the job 15 hours because she's a hardworking lawyer and mm. then wakes up super tired because, as we come to find out, She's being Venom. She Hulk Venom at night. Classic. She Venom. Spider Man. At it again. Uh, Storyline. Yeah. So, fun story. Shinnom. About <laughs> She Hulk being Venom. And Jake Lockley makes an appearance. So, hey. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I saw some covers for this series because it's not just, uh, you know, sometimes what ifs are like a one off thing. Yes. They're doing a handful oh. of what if. Loki was Venom. What if She-Hulk was Venom? What if blah blah blah? Um, they did it like the, the dark what if last year. Yeah, what if dark? Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. There are homage covers to the old like. 
there was a what if Deadpool got the Venom symbiote, mm-hmm. and there's a Scotty Young cover for that that's kind of a popular cover and sells high. Yeah, and someone is doing an homage cover for that for every single issue of this, and they are done so close to the style of Scotty Young that I'm almost like. Scotty Young should be getting a cut of this. Yeah. Or Scotty Young should be doing it. Or Scotty Young should just be doing it, period. <laughs> it's this weird line that I think we don't like. Like an uncanny valley. See crossed very often where like sometimes homage covers can almost feel traced over. Yeah. And it's like. Is it still an homage cover? That's the what I'm talking about. Yeah. Do you know the Deadpool uh-huh. Venom cover I'm talking about? That's yeah. not Scotty Young. Nope. <clears throat> no, that's not Scotty Young. Oh. Matthew Waite. But it has all the signatures. I think Matthew Waite is a guy who does recreations of stuff, but in like a kind of eight bit style. So if you look close on that, it looks like it was done in like MS Paint. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like, can kind of. See it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's his thing. But it looks. Just like Scotty Young style, and I mean, like the teeth, and, the tongue, and the tongue are like verbit, mm. like line for line verbatim the thing. And I'm just like, I don't know, you know, imitation, greatest form of flattery. It is an homage cover. It's not skirting around the fact that it's trying to be an homage cover. Yeah. But at the same time, if you don't know, I would think Scotty Young's doing a different take on his own cover because it's really not in someone else's style. No. That's Scotty Young's style. Yeah. So that just, I don't know, that surprised me. Yeah. Interesting topic for you to debate at your comic shop. I mean, hey, I heard on First Issue Club they were talking about this. What yeah. do you think? People are like, you listen to the fucking show? <laughs> you fucking nerd. <laughs> the, those are the guys that want to fuck Goofy, right? <laughs> no, Goofy fucks us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clear distinction. Yeah, yeah, get it right. Really important. We're bottoms for Goofy. <laughs> that's a shirt. Now that's a shirt if I ever heard one. Bottoms for Goofy. <laughs> I'll bottom for Goofy any day of the week. <laughs> I'll power bottom for that fucking dog. What's the difference between bottom and power bottom? It means you throw it back if you're oh, a power bottom. That's what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're an eager receiver, we'll say. I've never known what that meant. That makes sense, though. Well, find Goofy. He'll show you. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got. We have to end this show now, yeah. unless we got if anything I, else hey, to say. <laughs> I just just know that if you ever have questions about niche sex, you can always come to First Issue Club come and, on. and Greg. Yeah. <laughs> come on down in the club, we'll tell you. <laughs> Jesus. This is a safe place. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us on another week of First Issue Club. If you need more places to find us or our Patreon, the details are in this outro. Yeah. If you want the VHS as explained, go to the Patreon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club, and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.